Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Write Brain, a podcast about writing and crowdfunded publishing. Hello, and welcome to Write Brain. My name is Jeff Dubo. I'm the author of The Life Engineered, and I am joined by my glorious and now bearded co-host, Paul Inman, author of Ageless. Paul, how are you doing behind all that hair? Well, it's going to get cold at some point, I guess. But I live in South Carolina, so it doesn't really get cold. So I figured I need my face to be warm because of all the time that I spend outside in the freezing. I don't know, I guess. <laughs> I'm doing great, though. Um, you know what? I am doing very well because I just got a new washing machine, JF, just now, like 10 minutes ago. It was awesome. <laughs> that, is, that is the single least exciting thing you've ever uh, used as an excuse for doing well. <laughs> hey, well, I don't have to smell bad anymore, right? Um, everybody's thankful for that. Everybody is, yes, of course. So, uh, yeah, enough about my my hygiene. So nobody cares. <laughs> oh no, How's it going? no, we do. How's it going with you, Jeff? I'm tired a little. I've uh, I've traveled a lot, and we'll we'll talk about some of that uh, soon because we we have a guest, but we'll we'll. We'll get to our guest in a moment. Uh, no, I've, I've, been, I've been traveling, which means I've also been uh, been getting sick because I've been con- in contact with the filthiest creature, human beings in planes. And obviously yes. that just means I caught diseases. So there's that. Um, I've, I've, I had to go to Los Angeles. I went to Dragon Con where you and I hung out in the flesh. Yes, we did. Which there was may awesome. or may not have been cake. <laughs> Was may there pie? <laughs> I'm trying to... Oh, <laughs> oh, yes, there was cake. Oh, my God. <laughs> the trauma blocked that out. Okay, let's just bring in our guests because we, I, I want us to delve into a lot of things. We, yeah. have, we have with us a uh, brilliant author, Publishers Weekly, acclaimed fellow InkShares writer, Brian Guthrie. Brian, man, how are you doing? Good. I, I don't smell because my washing machine wasn't broken. <laughs> Mine wasn't broken either. I smell of potpourri. At least it's not mm. poopery. Um, yeah, I was gonna say no, <laughs> it could have been something else after all those plane rides. It um, might as well. Like followed I sh- I sh- by Dragon Con. <sighs> yeah, Dragon. So okay, so here's the thing. Like I went to LA, boring, whatever. No one cares. And then the three of us met at Dragon Con. Yep, it wasn't just the three of us. Not yeah, just the three of us. It was plenty th- of us. The three of us, there was Jameson Stone, author of Rune of the Apprentice. There was Derek Adams, the glorious Derek Adams, author of Asteroid Made of Dragons. Um, there was also your wife, who's a, a co-wife, uh, Brian's wife, who is your the co-author of your second book, After Man. Um, so it was like a huge ink shares. I was going to say orgy, but that makes it weird. It's yeah, Dragon Con. We don't war. talk about what happens after night at Dragon Con. <laughs> <laughs> We're legally bound not to. Um, I think that we have a term for this, guys. It's called Ink Con. Yes. We've had our, we've our had. sort of first Ink Con, you know? We had, we had a dry run of Ink Con. Yeah, so, a test run, yeah. Exactly. So, so, so we were there. I was there because I was doing uh, the, you know, getting, losing at the Dragon Awards. Just let, let's, let's get to the chase. None of us won. Uh, the winners can be found on the Dragon Award page. Um, all very deserving individuals. It's, it, was a, it was a weird um ceremony um very calm very quiet i'd say i should say yes also Uh, very old didn't you think that it was very old it was it was uh it it was old and white like a past date uh cheesecake 
Um, yeah. But <laughs> it, it goes it's, with cake again. Yeah. Well, we, uh, s- that's so, what brought us onto this subject. There was cake. <laughs> there was cake. Yeah. We 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 just to bring the audience into the inside joke so that it's not just us. Um, but Paul and I ordered cake uh, at a restaurant where we went to eat at, I think it was, what, Saturday? Saturday, um, yeah. Yeah, yep, and Saturday. the the portions of cake were the size of my head, and I have a huge head that just gets bigger every day. Um, well, the more cake you put into the it. More, more cake, yeah, and the more hot air also. The law of cake, that's what it is. <laughs> it's, it's just immense pieces of cake. It was incredible. So that that's why we keep referring to cake. So you ended up with the cake. Oh, Jaya finished his his, his <laughs> I, cake. Sorry, sorry for the coughing. I <laughs> I did not finish the cake. I left most of the icing to the garbage because it was too much cake for it was too much cake for one man. Well, See, the, Paul my had favorite the, part uh, of the right idea. He he gave his cake to a teenager. Yes, yeah, he I, fueled yeah. a teenager. Yeah, I gave it to Jameson's brother, who was a cool, cool guy, and uh, he he seemed to have a great time. But my favorite part of the cake story is the fact that we went to the restaurant and we had the cake, and then you carried the cake around for like another two or three hours, and then on the train back to my car, we uh, or well, not me, you opened up the cake and just tried to finish it off best you could anyway. Um, I, on the train ride back at like at like twelve thirty, and you know. Uh, and it was like, wow, we're just sitting in there in this train car, and there's all these people staring at JF as he eats his cake. I I had everywhere. I had my sad train cake, and it was the best thing ever. So you you accomplished something there. You're in I Atlanta did. during Dragon Con. They are used to seeing strange things on the train, and they just don't stare. You managed to get them to stare at you. I, achievement unlocked, I guess. So, all right, let's let's uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room, and I'm not talking about the other book on Inkshares, but I'm talking about why why do we have a guest? We're not we don't just have Brian here because we want to talk about DragonCon, though yes, I we s- do. Well, <laughs> we will talk about DragonCon again, <laughs> I I'm sure. Um, I there, there's Dr- Brian is probably one of the most uh, experienced DragonCon goers I know, so I'm, I'm we're gonna quiz him. And, oh, but okay. <laughs> no, 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 nothing, nothing that organized. <laughs> you make it sound like we did our homework. <laughs> let's not, let's not set the bar too high. Keep uh, talking, JF. I'm going to find some questions. Keep talking. Sure. Go, go, <laughs> go ahead. Let's, let's pretend. Cut that. Edit that part out. So we. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, no. So the reason why we have Brian on is because Brian's book is coming out or has come out. Actually, it has come out since people have been getting their copies. Oh, yes, yeah. this past what was the official date? Wasn't it this past Tuesday? It's Tuesday, September thirteenth. But don't tell Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> no, because yeah, there's some kind of weird weirdness going on there, right? Wait, are you saying Amazon still hasn't? Uh, they still hasn't uh, made your book officially released? The uh, I'm looking at the page right now. If you click on the paperback one, it says pre-order. It has not been released yet. But I've also wow. been told by people if you click that button in order, you actually get notification that it's been shipped. So oh, I really? don't, I, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with them. But if you, the Kindle version is is available now, so they at least fixed that. Oh, cool! That's neat. That is and very that's cool. Actually. Still better than Barnes and Noble, who for three days had it up on their site, still listed as temporary out of stock, and then for some reason on Thursday it just vanished from their site. You can't. You go there and look for it. You will not find it. 
You know what's you know what's funny about that? I was actually in Barnes and Noble. Um, we're recording on Saturday, so I guess it was Thursday night, and I looked for your book since I knew it came out, and um, I looked on their system there, and I could not find it. And I was like, "Am I spelling your name wrong?" I was like, "Is there any 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 way I could possibly be spelling Brian Guthrie wrong?" I mean. You know, and then I looked up Rise, and I, I found you know a couple other books that are Rise of the blah blah blah, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I just couldn't find it, and I was really weirded out about that. Then I was like, well, you know what? There's a, a Starbucks over there, and I went and got some cake. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that? I guess I eat cake uh, apparently <laughs> a little little more than the normal human being. So it's it sounds like well, maybe this me is a and, cope- and Yeah, maybe this is a coping mechanism for you. It's like, oh my god, I'm a dragon con. <laughs> this is overwhelming. Let me have cake. cake I can't cake. fight Brian's book. Let me solve this problem with cake. That's right. Uh, at that's least right. you don't go with the normal uh, tech ops coping mechanism, which is pie. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm trying to, you know, not follow the norms, you know. And I like cake. I mean, I like cake. All right, so now we're on the stupid cake thing. What's your favorite cake, Brian? That's my first question. Strawberry cheesecake. Strawberry cheesecake. Wait, that's not really a cake, is it? It's a cheesecake. The dude... Wait, Paul. So the dude, (laughs) just like less than a week ago, has reached a, a, a life achievement, a benchmark in his existence, like knocked off like a huge item on his bucket list. And you're That's... asking him about cake? No, okay, let's let's be well, professional. Look, I know it's been a while, Paul, but let's be professional about this. So, Brian, the, Brian. the listeners want to know, man. No. They want to be more personal with you, Brian. They want to understand what makes uh, how your brain works, so they get a thoroughly re- uh, enjoyable experience with Rise. And plus, at least so far, I'm not completely finished, but there's no mention of your favorite cake in the book, and I know people got to know that. Well, I mean, there isn't really a point in the story where it would be appropriate for somebody to be eating cake. Touche. <laughs> I mean, I'm standing right. here thinking about it like, well, is there a place where I could work it in? In later books, there may be like you, you can. Yes, make it happen. I want to hear about the strawberry cheesecake in your later books. But I do have um, a confession. So if you're going to make me I choose for like a birthday, I'm... I will generally choose pumpkin pie. Mm. Pumpkin pie. Wow, that's good. I, I can't believe I'm going to have to be the voice of reason. This is just <laughs> this is surreal for me. I'm I'm not used to this. <laughs> Brian, yes, tell JL. us about Rise. Tell us what to give, give us the pitch. Give us a synopsis of Rise. Tell like if any any of our listeners, which are mostly other Inkshares authors, which should have ordered Rise by now. But just in case they haven't, tell us about the book. Well, do you want to give you the pitch or do you want to talk about the themes or what? You're the one asking let's, the let's question. Start, let's, let's start, start with, with the, pitch. the pitch. Yeah, let's the start pitch. with the pitch. Like, the pitch, why, which... Why would which, someone read Rise? What makes Rise cool? Well, I wrote it. Isn't that a good enough reason? <laughs> there you go. No, the Rise man is, is... The sure, man we're loves done. strawberry Thanks. cheesecake and pumpkin pie, so that, right, that's, well, that's good enough. Good night, everyone. Have a great night. <laughs> Um, here, if you want to know why I think you should read Rises, it's as as I just shared with you guys that from this other author, Dean Moses, wrote, it's genreless. It appeals across the genres. Um, it's a story about hope in the face of fear and loss, which if you read Rise, you can tell right away that there's a lot of loss happening. But more than that, it's a story of living after trauma. You know, when something traumatic happens, you don't just walk away from it. You have to live with it and rise. And the, its following books actually are exploring that concept greatly. 
the story itself. No, cool. oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that. I was just interjecting. It's very cool. There's, that's uh, appealing. I would think that would be appealing to most people. It's an interesting, um, interesting kind of. I don't know. JF, help me out. My words no. aren't working today. I used all my words when I was writing yesterday. <laughs> or talking about cake. That, that no, might it's, be. It's, it's, I mean, like, the, the idea of having to both overcome and live with the consequences of tragedy is, is a very universal concept and something that when, um, I would say, when transcribes correctly and, in, in, as I say, an interesting manner in a book or in a story is, again, like, I'm reusing the same word, but it is universal, like something that touches on everyone. It's it's uh, I was listening to the um, Girl Friday Productions podcast and they were when they were talking about writing memoirs. And what one of the things they said was, if you're going to write memoirs, one of the things you got to have is it's got to be something that everyone can relate to. But it's also got to be unique enough that everyone wants to read it. And so when I was exploring the idea and this was all after I started writing it, uh, when I was exploring the idea of recovering from from trauma, it was actually kind of scary for me how much of the book I had already written and gotten down well down that path when I realized that was one of the themes I was going towards. Um, it helped that that, pro, pro, that process helped with the later books. But when I went back and looked at Rise, I had set it up that way from the beginning. I didn't even realize it. It's is, is that something like I, I want Paul to chime in on this, but that's something that also happened to me with uh, Life Engineered. Paul, when you finished writing Ageless, were you surprised at some of the themes that came out of it? Or was it all like planned and, you know, going according to plan? Dude, when I finished writing Ageless, I was surprised that I had written, you know, more than five pages. Um, I, there was a whole lot of planning just for the type of book that I that I that I wrote with Ageless, because um, you really had to know like the you had to know what was going on uh, for a lot of the book because being nonlinear, you've got to have an idea of what's going to happen. Although I I kept everything open to to uh, to be flexible, I guess you know. So I mean, I, I wasn't locked into any major major ideas or themes although when uh time is a, obviously a major theme in ageless and uh aging and, yeah and aging yeah, or the lack time. thereof and or the lack thereof and not just aging is spo- spoiler alert like the book has been out now since may so i think i could probably tell you there is a character in there that deals with time travel as well and um so i mean time was one of the major themes and love actually Love was a major theme. So when I went back and reread it after I wrote it, uh, they there were other things that stuck out to me. I mean, other than those major ones, and uh, I was kind of kind of surprised by that. You know, so um, Brian, yes. So without giving away too much, because like I said, I'm not completely finished yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, How far I are and you? I uh, I am Butler did it. That's how it ends. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. No, I'm um I'm pretty early on actually because I was been and I'm in the middle of two and three books. So I started reading it after we met at Dragon Con. So I don't know exactly where I'm at. I'm in the uh the uh, digital version. I'm in the Kindle version because I did not actually. It's on iBooks. I, I use my iPhone. Um, I did not actually order pre-order the physical copy. Shame on me. I know, and I'm and going I seem, to. I, I just seem to recall in episode six you saying that you were going to pre-order it. 
Oh man, throwing me back <laughs> under, what? way under the bus there. Huh? What we uh, say you know on what? the show. I did order it. I did order it. I ordered yes, the you did. You did. Uh, digital version. one. In fact, I ordered After Man first, and you were like, "Why did you order After Man before you ordered Rise?" And I said, "I That's don't just, know, man." I was just point letting you know that I've been listening to your show. Uh-huh. From the beginning. Uh, sure. Yes, you have. Sorry, I was taking taking a sip of my water because I'm over here sweating now because you're calling me out. No. Oh yes, I do, and I plan on getting them because I, I do like to build my Inkshares library. So you're right already, so already okay because you went. Out, you already said you were at the bookstore looking for it. I was at the books because I wanted to get a physical copy. That's why I was actually there. I went in the Barnes & Noble locally, and I was looking for a physical copy because I do want one. So I was hoping they had one, but they did not. And that's why I was looking it up to see if I could order it through them or whatever, you know, because Amazon was not available, and I could go through Inkshares. But once it's out in the world, I like to try to order in public. You know what I mean? I think that's a better way to do it. For you and any of your listeners who might have the same problem, where they go to Barnes & Noble and can't find it, take the ISBN. They can use that they, oh, to find that's it. that's a good idea. Even if they can't find it in their system, if you if you ask them to, to search for it under the ISBN, they should be able to find it. Oh, yeah, because I'm sure they have um, because what they the were doing catalog, was, Ingram catalog. Yeah, they were looking, what more, most likely is they were looking in their database, and it's not going to find yeah. it because it's not even on their website unless you have the direct link. So... Have them look you up in Ingram using the ISBN and they'll find it. Yeah. And, you know, like while we're talking about that, like any of these books that we ever talk about, especially, well, definitely the ones that have been published. If you go into your local bookstore, whether it's a chain or it's just a local, just have have them look it up. See if they'll order one copy of whatever you like. Just, you know, say, hey, listen, I'm looking for Rise and I'd like you to put one on your bookshelf and I will buy one. So you order two and I'll buy one and I'll... Almost guarantee you someone else will buy it too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That way, you know that just help help us uh, authors out because you know I haven't been able to pay my electricity bill this month because I haven't seen my royalties yet. You know what I'm saying? Oh wait a wait. minute! I thought, I thought wait wait I just bought a new washer with my royalties. Sorry, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you going to ask me a question that you didn't want spoilers for? Oh right. And now I can't even remember what it was. It was probably give us a synopsis of the book, Brian, because we've yes. been talking about it. Like I've I've read it. Paul's been pretending that he's read it. Um, I am so reading you, it. I am you reading. wrote it, so obviously we all know what we're talking about. But some of the listeners may not. Tell us about Rice. Give us a synopsis. Well, I could I could give you the one that's on the back of the book, or I could just tell it to you myself. I think I'll just tell it to you myself. Um, Rise is a broken world. How it's been broken, why it was broken, no one knows. That's long lost in the past. Now at this point, they've just trying they're just trying to survive. And the systems that they use to survive are starting to break down. And the the search to find the answers kind of sets off some difficulties between the nations. If you call one call them nations, they each of these little shells that they live on are different nations. And so yeah, they are get, kind of get things are getting kind of tense, and in the middle of all of that, we meet our our characters that we follow the story through, and each of their lives has also been messed up, and they are trying to find their own answers while being tossed into this big, much bigger problem of trying to solve why their world is finally starting to turn on them. 
Cool. I, I, I want to bring up, can you also read the first line to the book? Because it's mentioned in the, um, in the review that you were talking about from, from that author. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've, I was recently talking to a literary agent and how important first lines are. And I think he's right in saying, like, the, the, your review is right in saying that it is a very, very good first line. Yeah, the book opens with these words. I suppose this all started with paper. Real paper. And from there, the, the character goes on to describe how they have no clue what paper is. And that they, hadn't, they couldn't even remember the last time they'd seen a piece of paper. And let alone the amount of paper that suddenly appeared in, in their room. It's... To me, it's fun, but I mean, this is going to talk. This is going to say more about me than it does about your book. But the the whole uh, entry point with the paper uh, had to me it had echoes of both um, Canticle for Libowitz and Waterworld. Which, oh yeah, pa- every time I say, every time I get that book, paper, paper. <laughs> Have you ever seen paper? <laughs> Yeah. But there, there, there's something, there's something charming of that trope in in uh, in post-apocalyptic things of taking taking the mundane and making it re- rare, and but even then, in all of those, even in all those post-apocalyptic scenes that you see, there's always a piece of garbage paper floating mm-hmm. around, or something's rooting in a trash can full of paper. Paper is everywhere; it's ubiquitous. So I took I took kind of took a gamble there of hey what if I just took paper out and used that as my as my opening? And yeah, take it, take out something that we take so much for granted. That also. most like in some cases the people are reading it on a physical paperback. <laughs> <laughs> Not this guy though. Not this guy Sorry. right here. No. no, Paul is from the future. Paul Paul's in that world. He's reading it because there's no paper. Actually, in all honesty. I don't open any of my Inkshares books because one of these days you bastards are going to make something of yourselves and I'm going to have your book and it's going to be pristine, perfect. And oh, I, I thought, don't know why that's important to me. I was going to say he doesn't me, open them because he doesn't read them. <laughs> oh, no, I read them. I read them digitally, but I don't I don't read them. I read them digitally also. <laughs> Just say Paul I actually has haven't the, even... Go Paul, ahead, Paul has them read to him by the machine. Yes, I do. Actually, I do some of that sometimes. But... Uh, um, I have not even opened a copy of Ageless. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I haven't even opened one of the um, one of the couple of copies that I have. Like oh, really? I just I, wanted them to be perfect. I, I took one of the copies of Life Engineer that had a defect on the spine, and I'm just highlighting and taking notes and just massacring it and just mining data mining it to uh, for for information for sequels. You do realize that? See, one, that's one, a great that's... idea. Yeah, see, once you are, you know, the next George R. R. Martin, and, you know, we're 40 years down the road, someone's going to find that copy of The Life Engineer that you've gone through and highlighted to make notes, and that's going to become a collector's item. Yeah. <laughs> I, when, yeah, when I'm the next J.R. Martin, I'm, that's going to happen any moment now. So your book schedule is going to be a little bit tighter than his, though, right? Please. Uh, please. <laughs> oh, my can, goodness. I, I I can I can brag very easily that despite having a forty hour uh, a week job, I may not write as well as J.R. Martin, but I write more yes. than J.R. Martin. Yes. I think I'm, I'm um, going to behave right now and not say what I think of him. <laughs> are, are you not a J.R. Martin fan? No, I'm not. I, I I'll give him his credit where it's due. He hit he hit the zeitgeist, and his dialogue is some of the best I've ever read. I love reading his dialogue. 
But when you get outside of its dialogue, he just loses me, and I find myself skipping entire pages. And it's kind of his own fault. He admitted it in an interview when they were asking him about how he, the way he writes um, the sexual scenes. And he said that for him, the sensory experience is more important than uh, service to the narrative. And I, when I read that, I thought, bingo, there's my problem with all of your writing. <laughs> Ooh, all the writing. That's kind of funny. Well, if you, yeah, I you can admit that I have never read any of his stuff. What about you, JF? Um, I've read, I've read the, uh, the, the Song of Ice and Fire books that are out currently. So you and know who Brienne of Tarth is? Yes, I do. Brienne and of not, Tarth. Not, not, not just from seeing it on TV. Yeah, Brienne of Tarth is like the classic example I give to people who want to know the issues I have with it. He, go, did, he gave an entire book where after he built her up, being the one who, uh, you know, she was given a task to deliver someone to a certain location and bring someone back. But when she got there, that person wasn't there. And so the whole next book, she goes looking for said person. 10% of the book on this on this quest. And when it gets to the end of it, she's no closer. No one knows what happens to her. And at the point that the story cuts off, she's dead. And no one has any idea what, what happened or what she was doing. 10% of the book, just gone. Oh, I would not recommend reading his latest uh, Dance with Dragon. There is an entire character in his entire arc begins progresses and ends in the book mm-hmm. and has no consequences on the story no oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, i i like jr martin i like some of the i like some of the stories there's certain things that i i fully uh, i fully recognize are not perfect from his writing i could say that of a lot of people mm-hmm. um he his prose is nice he he does things that I have trouble blaming because I kind of do the same thing where he will get very indulgent in describing things that are not necessarily useful to the plot, like food. Um, I, I love I love getting lost in certain descriptions of certain things, especially things that are ethereal and immaterial. I, I like to use those as crutches to create atmospheres. So... I understand why he does it. I also fully understand why someone may get tremendously bored from it. So I think for him, for for me with him, he's just suffering from the fact that right before I started reading him, I read, I was reading all of Robert Jordan and that man does not know how to let somebody enter a room without describing every detail of that room. Yes. No, there's a, I am, I'm not a huge fan. Like, how can I say I, I, as much as I like to get lost in certain descriptions, at the same time, I am a believer that if you're describing something, the, the pieces you're describing need to serve the plot, need to serve, serve a purpose. Like my, my characters, and you'll probably notice that's when you, when, when and if you read God in the Shed, I do not dive very deep in physical descriptions of my character beyond the necessary traits mm-hmm. because I want to leave room for people to put themselves in these characters or to sort of build around them. Um, but at the same time, I'll take, pages to describe a situation or a crime scene or something because i want the details to be vivid and strong when you're describing a crime scene that's kind of important what the smallest detail in a crime scene could be the answer that you're trying to put in front of the reader to see if they'll figure it out as they're going along with your character and the story but mm-hmm. in the case of say robert jordan when you walk in the room and he describes every woman physically down to the finest detail of her dress and none of those women ever play a role in the story. You don't even get their name. Say, wow, why? Well, where, where did those five minutes of my life just go? 
Yeah, it's 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 very Balzacian in in a style of writing. It's very much like an an exercise in des- in des- descriptions, which is great and all, but I, I guess it depends like what you're going into. Like if you want something that's just pure literature, like p- very a very literary thing, very much like just watching the author flex his muscles, that's awesome. But if you're going in for a story, which is usually what we're looking for in genre, genre has a tendency to be more about the narratives, the stories, the ideas, the world building, then having someone just waste pages after pages describing a headband that can it can feel like a uh, can feel like a, a chore to go through. When I when I wrote Rise before before it became the version it is now, I had a huge problem with getting stuck in the details of the room, of the situation, and stuff like that. So once I stumbled across the idea of doing it first person, which really helped, you know, help keep me focused on keeping the story moving, I intentionally wrote the first draft, leaving as many details out as possible. I only wrote what you needed to know. The room had a table and a window on the other side. That was it. I didn't say anything else about the room. And then when I went back later, I kind of liked that. So I left it that way because we all, as we're reading it, Uh, whether you're reading Life Engineered or Ageless or Rise or some other book, you see the the story differently than, say, I see it. So when I read them and I I envision um, Dagier or um, what's the what's the the, your main character there, Paul? I can't remember her name right now. Alice. Alice. Yeah. When you picture when you guys picture them, you see them one way. I see them another. And so you kind of kind of get used. You're going to get used to the idea that other readers, they're just not going to see it the same way as you. And I like giving readers the freedom to imagine that. They, And with the characters in my book, what are the things you need to know? Michaela has red hair and she wears it in a braid when the story starts. Suyef has dark skin and Quentin um, looks like a statue but acts like a whiny teenager. <laughs> so there you go. That's, those are the things you need to know. Now let's move on. Yeah, I, I I think that's one of the reasons why I liked Rise so much is because it's it. And this this sounds very self-serving, but it mimics kind of my own approach to the way I like to do descriptions and I, how I like to consume them. And not to say that I dislike necessarily some of the longer descriptions of say uh, say George R. George R. R. Martin. Like I do enjoy seeing how it's done because it's a. Uh, how can I say it's like watching an athlete do something like you can. Well, maybe I'm not the best example of using athlete. It's like watching a painter paint something, mm-hmm. even though the process itself can be indulgent. There is something to learn about how how it's crafted. Like I would not necessarily I would not necessarily describe a meal the same way George R. R. Martin does. But if at some point I need to describe a character really enjoying an apple having seen how he does it for an entire feast makes kind of gives me the tools to, to, to pick that apart and use it for my own work. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. You can throw it in your toolbox and you can bring it out when you need it. Like you get, you, you get sort of an, an experience through his experience sort Mm -hmm. of, Mm -hmm. and then you can adapt it to what you need. I I make Um, a point. I make a point of reading two different kinds of things besides the ink share stuff. Cause I'm reading them because I want to give, I want to help you guys with your releases. I read books to remind me how to write and read books to remind me how not to write. And sometimes that means rereading them, but I like, there are things that I know that I like that I like to do and things that I know I don't like to do. And sometimes I have to reread things just to make sure I remember. So I'm not falling into those patterns. 
I don't know which type of uh, uh, stuff that I would classify as bad reading. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I could, I could give you some examples. Oh, please. There's, I'm, I'm a gossip, so I love to... Uh... Don't read, I love to hear the negative. Don't read. <laughs> don't read anything of the sort of truth after that. That final book is over. The the stuff that comes after, it's horrible. Don't read it. It's a waste of your time. Oh, wait, wait. So, sort of truth. That's the um, Terry Goodkind series. Yes. yes. Oh, um, yes. I read. I say. I read, I think it's the first three books that were sort of interesting. And then it's the same story that just gets repeated over and over and over. over, and over. It's always the same situation. And it's always the, the, the main female character is really strong when she's alone. And she's a damsel in distress whenever she's when the, with the male character. It's always her in trouble. The kingdom's in nature. It's very repetitive. No, I, I, I completely, yeah, I, I, I share your... I, I don't know. Okay, I share your dislike of the subsequent books. I'm mostly disappointed because I kind of enjoyed the first one and the second one. Yeah. The third one started to slip. You should, and then... you should do yourself a favor and skip the rest of the books and just read Faith of the Fallen. Just read that one. One of the single best books I've ever read. Oh, interesting. I like that. Name of the Wind tops that. But I, pillar, that, not pillars, oh, pillars of Creation you should never touch. But Faith of the Fallen, it's such a good story and it takes and the character you're talking about colin she is mm -hmm. barely in it that's and, good because she was getting she, on my nerves and when she is there she's entirely separated from richard and so her story everything that she's doing is entirely on her own so she has a personality because that yes. that's the problem is when she's with richard she does not have a personality which makes her very boring oh that's good i i actually stopped um I think after the third chapter of Pillars of Creation, that's that's when I lambed the thing. I, well, then you probably read I, Faith of the Fallen. Faith of the Fallen is right before Pillars of Creation, the one where I he have to remember where he was kidnapped and taken down into the the other guy's kingdom. <laughs> that doesn't narrow it down. That's the problem. I know exactly. I, I may I may have read too many of his books. You did. You did. <laughs> the, the book, the cover of Pillars of Creation, has two big white alabaster statues: a man and a woman. It's supposed to obviously it's supposed to be Richard and Colin. So, that if you if you don't recognize, remember that, then you probably skipped that one. Go back and read it. It's good. All right. I'll uh, I'll consider your recommendation and toss it into the. The immense pile. pile of books I'm supposed to be reading. <laughs> that I, I haven't have read time it for, and I don't uh, have time to read it. Just put it in there and read later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> much later. Honestly, here's the here's we talked about the uh, types of books that you're reading. Like, here's what I I read. I read the Ink Shares books because I really want to um, read your guys' work more than even like be supportive. I mean, I'm going to write a review. I'm going to be supportive. I'm going to give you a starred review. But it's really more of like, I want to get to know you through your writing, like everybody's books who's come out. I've read almost all the ones that I own at this point. Um, uh, yeah, I've read almost all the ones that I own at this point. Uh, there's a couple that um, I have not cracked open or gotten too deep into. Because I try to stay with what's coming out, because I want to be timely. But and then the other group is whatever I find that um, catches my eye on Audible, because 
I have to listen to uh, I have to listen to audiobooks. That's my best way. That's my favorite way, honestly, to read through audiobooks. <laughs> Not well, my favorite. If you're, way, if but you're I like patient, that you might get to listen to a lot more. Like it, there seems to be this trend with ink shares of a lot more books getting audio deals, which is very very uh, interesting. Looking that's forward, because cool. I know a lot of people that don't do physical books, and that's annoying. Actually, right, and they're like, like a... "I just want an audiobook. I want an audiobook. You got it? Is it on audiobook?" That's I've had that question several times too. Mm-hmm. I just saw a discussion. I think it was in one of the Slacks, probably the new one that we have lately. There's so many of those to keep track of. Where they were talking about the audiobook and how the people dislike the fact that a book would come out and then the audiobook would come out like nine to twelve months later. And it's, and it's about mm-hmm. the time you're starting to think about putting a sequel out and then that you, the book for audiobook for your previous book is coming out. And they complained about that. And I actually mm-hmm. saw it differently. I was thinking, okay, so they've read no, your book. And now it's not a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, 12 months later. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. They are going to listen to it to get ready for your sequel. That's, that's how I got ready for when, the, when they had the forced gap in the wheel of time when Robert Jordan died and then Brandon Sanderson mm-hmm. picked it up later. Well, at that point, there was a lot of stuff I'd forgotten. So I picked up the audiobooks and what and listened to them while I was training for a marathon. I burned through those things in like three weeks. Exactly. And I spend so much time in my car. Like, um, at, at my job is not that far away. It's about 20 minute drive one way. But then when I get to school, my, what I, what I have to do when I get there is I'm at the crosswalk for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I just throw on an audiobook. And, you know, I can knock one or two out in, you know, a couple weeks. And, you know, it depends on how long they are, obviously. But I just recently finished, um, uh, there's a TV show based on it, Wayward, Wayward Pines. Um, there's That was a trilogy, and I listened to that. And it was interesting. It was weird. And I was like, wow, this is weird. But it was fun. I liked it. Um, hooked me in pretty early. And I'm like, what is going on here? And, you know, then you've got to find out what's going on. So, you know, one this, of those kind of This deals. is the one I'm currently reading. Oh, that's... For those uh, of you at home, that's Welcome to Deadland. By Zach Finville. Yep. I have three copies right there and have not cracked it open because it's it's on my list. My situation with Inkshare's books is, is kind of an annoying one because I feel I'm doing a lot of disservice to the authors um, because I've... I've either read like like for for Rise, I read an early version. I'm not very good at rereading books, so I I remember I read an early version that you uh, you, you gave me, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to reread it. I'm also very often I have to read things because I'm asked, "Hey, can you like read this and maybe blurb it?" Which means that like I have to, yeah. Well, like Rise and like Rune and uh, even Astrid Made of Dragons um, and some other book. And ageless is another question. And the problem with that is that I then have to kind of rush reading it, which means I don't get to really savor them the way I want to. And I'm I, I'm kind of thinking of taking like a step back from doing that kind of thing because these, I mean, most of the Inkshare's authors have become friends or acquaintances, people who tolerate me. And I, 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 I don't want to rush through what they've put like, sometimes years creating just because I need to like hit a deadline. I don't think that's, I don't think that's fair to the book. It's not fair to me because I don't get to enjoy it as much. It's, it's not a cool thing. I, I look at it as like, you guys will read it when you read it. Um, I, I take my approach to you as the reader is I don't want to insult your intelligence and I don't want to waste your time. 
So I put a lot of time. You, you, JF, read a previous version of Rise. When we went back through and picked it apart with Girl Friday, I was metic- meticulous about going through and making sure that there were no continuity errors, that things matched up, because I didn't want you as the reader to get taken out so that when you finally did, so it's like you said, you have a busy schedule. When you finally sat down, I didn't want you to feel like I was wasting your time. Another thing I work really hard in is I want the science to be right. I don't want you to be sitting there going, I can't. No, no. What? That's not. You can't even physically do that. Da, 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 da. Because even when you introduce some system like magic or something, you still have to be consistent inside the, your universe. And mm-hmm. so anytime I would run into a point where I could not actually explain so it was kind of like, oh, this is, well, I'm just going to make that happen. Kind of a little de- deus ex machina kind of thing. And I almost said hex there. That's how much that book. <laughs> so, um, you hear that, Amanda? You yep. hear that? Just threw a pun. I'm, I'm, I'm in a weird place where I am. There's a few books on Inkshares and Amanda deus ex machina is one of them. There's a few books on Inkshare that I know just enough to be interested and am per, uh, intentionally doing a media blockout on any further information because I want you to want be to able read to. Them, yeah. yeah, I don't want to. Ha- I don't want to have that phenomenon where I'm going in ha- knowing already a few things and then having to like rewrite my memory of the information I have. I'm I'm too stupid to uh, to know things too much in advance. Well, the reason oh, I mentioned. JF. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say it's turning into the JF hate show. <laughs> he does that a lot, doesn't he? He did it at DragonCon right there in front of us. He was doing this. I did not. Yes, you do. You do it now. It's, it's like you're, it's your thing. It's okay, JF. We love you anyway. You say, um, I do not. I'm so stupid. God. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, enough about me. Let's talk. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about DragonCon since you brought it up. Yeah. Let's talk about DragonCon. The uh, reason. The reason I want to talk about DragonCon. I want. I want you to kind of uh, to, to 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 tell us about your history with DragonCon. What you do there because it's it's kind of fascinating. It opened a lot of doors for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yes, it is. Well, I wanted to make sure you guys enjoyed yourselves. It was your first time. Oh, huh? we appreciated it, man. It was awesome. So I I enjoyed it the way. Uh, I enjoyed it the way someone enjoys watching the wave of tsunami crash in front of him. It was really? it was beautiful. It was exciting. Uh, it felt dangerous, and <laughs> I could not have heard a better description of Dragon Con. <laughs> it felt dangerous. <laughs> There's drag. I I know a lot of people that go to Dragon Con. Like I spent a lot of time seeing people from very from various groups of people I know that go to Dragon Con very frequently, and they had all told me how crazy Dragon Con is, and none of those description did it justice. It doesn't. It's it's hard to describe what you experienced during those four days. Well, for me, it's seven days. Jesus. <laughs> okay, so to, to answer, I was there two days? To, uh, yeah, you were there. Two yeah, I was days. only there two days. Also, so um, tell us about like what you do and why you have seven days as opposed to four. Because I'm crazy. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So Be that as it may, when I when we first started, we lived in Georgia oh, for seven years before we moved to, to where I live now in Germany, and we didn't go to DragonCon for the first like five years we were there, and I don't know why. But when we did finally decide to go, we were looking at going, and, but, and we had made the decision so late that the tickets were really expensive. So I, vol- I decided to volunteer, and I f- went to the volunteer meeting and fell in with the tech ops guys. And the tech ops guys are the ones who, you know, this, if you have to plug it in, hear it, you know, put put lights on it, record it, whatever, 
you need tech ops. And the advantage to being tech ops is you can get into every door. Now, you don't get any preferential treatment in terms of seating, but that's just because generally you're going to be standing next to the soundboard anyway. But, yeah, so that's I, that's how I kind of got into Dragon Con, and I've been doing it ever since. I, I skipped one year the year we moved to Germany. Uh, been basically running that room that you were that you guys saw me in, the, the Sheridan Grand, for the past mm-hmm. two years and was being trained to do it uh, the two years prior to that. Um, yeah. So... So how many have you been to now then? So at least four. I have I, I have worked five. Next next year five. next wow. year when they do the big volunteer meeting, the first one when they hand out all the pins, I will actually earn. I will actually have one now because it's based on how many you've actually worked, not how many. Because like some people will work a bunch and then leave for a while and then come back, so they technically have been coming to Dragon Home for ten years, but they only worked six, so they'll get a five gotcha. year pin. So next cool. year I get my five year pin. That is very cool. So you are going to Dragon Con next year. If I do, it's going to be more along the lines of what we were discussing this year. It's kind of going to sh- it's kind of going to shift away. I'm still going to volunteer because, like I like I mentioned already, it opens lots of doors. Um, yes, we know, we remember, and we appreciate. Yeah, and we plan on using these doors at least some yes. contacts so that we can do what we were talking about doing. Yeah, so I'm going to still do that, but the 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 plan now is as long as other things don't preclude it from happening, like you know I'm working on changing my careers and stopping being in the career I am in now to go work with refugees. So assuming all of that stuff, you know, works out and I can still do it. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to be there. Cool. That's fantastic. I, I, I know I, I mean, Paul was complaining a bit about it and saying, eh, it doesn't didn't really like people, but I know I what? had an amazing time hanging out with you guys at Dragon Con. So I'm looking forward to seeing you again next year because I'm definitely going. I was pretty happy actually when we when we left and I got to like I be know. away from people and JF just you know he stopped coughing on me constantly. Uh, you know that was pretty good. You guys, <laughs> see the thing about JF is JF is it's a toss up between JF and my wife who is patient zero for con crush. <laughs> it's got to um, be JF. It was me. It was me. Yes, but the thing although is, she was there she for was longer there. than she you. was there before you and before you. But I See, that's the difference. Mine wasn't con crud. I had plain crud. I brought this from my uh, from my trip uh, to to from L- to L.A. Oh, the Canadians yeah. are attacking with germs. His ger- germ and maple so war- had, warfare. So he had Canadian crud, <laughs> L.A. crud, and plain crud. Yeah, uh, you're probably patient zero. <laughs> I'm almost disappointed. Like I'm still coughing, but I'm I've I've long since stopped being contagious. So I went to another convention last weekend, which is very interesting because I got to I got to hang out and talk to uh to, to a couple of indie publishers and some agents and just learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Um but unfortunately I was not contagious anymore at that con, so I couldn't spread it to anyone. And that that was disappointing. I, I managed disappointing. to dodge the con crowd this year. And there's really only, awesome. there's, there's, there's two things. There's, there's two tricks. So listeners, if you're thinking about going to Dragon Con, here's the two tricks to avoiding concrud. A, don't share drinks. B, never touch your face. There's also C, just don't lick anything from the floor. Well, we, yeah, so that, we tried to stop you be. from doing that, but you were just so <laughs> determined. It looked delicious. It was that maple whiskey or whatever. Maple whiskey, that seemed very popular with Mr. Scott Sigler during the Night Attack show. That, yes, that, that was, was very fun. I think that was yeah, uh, Paul Inman's introduction to the Diamond Club. 
It was. Yes. It was. I had a good time. It was a lot of fun. Actually, I have since listened to their, um, the, you know, they recorded their podcast live that night. So I've, I've since listened to that episode. And Scott Sigler recorded a podcast on the night before mm-hmm. in the same room. And mm-hmm. so I've listened to those episodes too. And then I'm like, really like going, hey, JF, Right Brain should do a, a live episode, you know, you from um, Dragon Con. Hey, and and JF, sure. JF right? knows Let's... who to talk to. I, JF I knows. knows. Yep, oh, good. JF knows who to I don't talk know. to. I do That's too. Okay. He's there. He runs it. Yeah. He actually pre ordered yeah. Rise during the campaign. Oh, fantastic. Oh, are we? We're, Unlike me, I we're guess. talking about uh, we're talking about the 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 awesome Mister Dunaway. Yes, we are. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Yep. Yeah, he he actually he ordered a. I think he ordered both my books. D- Brian Dunaway is just like probably one of the most fantastic mm. human beings he I know. Is. He's just funny. He's talented, and he's got exactly the kind of sense of humor that I appreciate. Um, Paul, if you enjoyed the Night Attack show, you should listen to their latest episode. It has a special guest, Adam Curry, and I think it's one of the best episodes they've ever done. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah, I definitely will. So, and you should also. And anybody else politics, who doesn't politics, know, politics, go politics. ahead and listen to that too. Politics, politics. We went to that too. That was a good. Um, Jury uh, is, is highly interesting. I don't know what to call that. It was a good panel. Yeah, it's a panel. Yeah, it's a panel. It's a sh- panel. Well, I mean, he recorded it live for the podcast. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. That's where I'm. That's where I, my confusion falls in. I know it's a panel, but like it's a podcast too. So, so he it's a would, panel cast. I don't know. We have to ask since this was, since we know that you are never, had never encountered him before. What, what do you think of Jerry? The, the guy, the panel oh, was funny. Mr. Justin Robert Young. Yeah, he, he was funny. He was funny. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, his, um, his, uh, Captain Morgan is exceptionally well. It was, it, it went over very well with me yep. and the audience too. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah. <clears throat> So it's, a, it's 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 one of his signature characters. So anything else you guys want to talk about Dragon Con? There was a lot of um, things you guys weren't expecting. I wasn't expecting that many Deadpool. That, um I didn't when we went um so just to give the listeners a bit of a background for a lot of the stuff that we did at Dragon Con, we pretty much just fell backwards into some of these yeah. activities. Yes, that's a perfect description. <laughs> fell backwards. Um, I, I, excuse me. I planned those things out meticulously. Oh, you did. Yeah. yeah like, well, I, every this, time I turned around, it's like, we're going over here, Paul. And I'm like, okay. And I just followed people. And then we ended up in these panels. And I was like, hey, this one was pretty good. I don't think I went to anything that I actually saw in the book that I was like, I think you, I might want to go to this. You did go to something that was actually writing related, and related yes, but you went to the Timothy Zahn panel. And I went. That, yeah. Then it was that was great. That was fantastic. Yep. Meanwhile, I, um, I was on a, a panel for the Geek IO show. At the same time, yes. I think, weren't you? Yeah, yep. that's why I couldn't go to the Timothy Zahn thing. Oh, you, you mentioned it, so we can't we can't go without mentioning Paul. Do you remember the uh, the, the the time the, the very perfect interruption to that writing podcast or that writing panel? Um, with Mr. Timothy Zahn and his phone. Oh yes! Oh yeah! Yeah! Oh yeah! Definitely! Oh, that was awesome. That was honestly probably one of the highlights of the of the the two days that I was there. We're sitting there listening to Timothy Zahn, and it's like a brain it's like a brainstorming workshop Mm -hmm. or or panel or something like that, right? And um, it's kind of cool because he interacts with the people in the room, and he's going, "All right, so here's kind of the idea that I'm thinking," and he's bouncing it off people, and they're throwing ideas out and everything. And he's standing there, and he's going, he's talking, and he's listening to people, and all of a sudden, a phone starts ringing. And it's playing the Star Wars theme song. The Imperial Star March. Star Wars theme song or the Imperial the March? Imperial the Imperial March. March. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The Imperial March. Yes, he starts playing the Imperial March. And everybody's looking around. And then 
Timothy Zahn reaches down to his belt and unclips his phone. He's like, ah, sorry. And he you can't know. figure out how and, to turn and, it off. Yeah, and he can't figure out how to turn it off. He's like, and he hands it to somebody who's at the table behind him. And he's like, here, just take this. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I'm staring at you, Timothy Zahn, who created Star Wars characters and lore that I've carried with me since, I don't know, since I was in Teenager. middle school. Yeah, yeah. For me, and I was like, hmm. This is really surreal. This is really bizarre and weird, and it's so awesome. Yeah. That's your ringtone is the Imperial March, and your Timothy's on. So last year, is and from there it was all downhill. I mean, I, the rest of the con, I don't, I don't even remember what happened. You know, no, you <laughs> remember mostly cake. Deadpools. Mostly Deadpool. I remember cake, and and, and, and don't forget the Miss Star Trek pageant that you had no clue what was going to happen. <laughs> that was no awesome idea. too. That was awesome. That's another one where I'm just like, hey, guys, where are you going? And I'm just following people. And then we end up in a room and I'm like, what is going on here? And it was awesome. That was really for, cool. For the, the, Star for Trek the listeners, yes, it's it's a they do an official like it's a real pageant. People come out. They do their little walk as they're having their, their bio read. And the idea is that they're being judged on their um, the craftsmanship of their cosplay uh, their talent because they have a talent portion and then there's supposed to be a, a question and interview but they cut that short this year so yeah and it went it was already not like wasn't it 90 minutes already and it was, yeah, it was supposed to be 90 back. minutes and they started late and some of the they told the girls not to worry about how long their talent portion went so a lot of them went longer than they should have um i think even my wife went a little bit over but i mean you heard how they were laughing at her story <laughs> who was gonna stop oh yeah who's gonna stop great. her it, it was, was the the entire thing was very interesting in how first of all the talent portion is do, do these people have good talents yeah <laughs> they, I know they're not half assing it yeah were you expecting to see a woman come out dressed as a cat and play a saw blade <laughs> playing one of the most famous Star Trek suites ever the Inner Light there there is. Literally none of these, none of the things that we saw I expected, except for the pole dancing, because we had seen her warm Yes, up. we saw, yeah. We, 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 we used that um, privilege that Brian has, and we went in the room, and we were like, what is going on here? We're watching this girl kind of warming up, and I was like, Brian, what are you bringing us to? Like, <laughs> Actually, I mean, I know that it's getting to be early evening, but I mean, I didn't know this stuff started so early, you know? I actually, when I saw her going up to the stage, because I had to peek out for a second, I thought, oh, this is perfect, because they, they have no idea what they're in store for. As I was backstage attaching a forehead to my wife. Which was one of my favorite sentences of the entire con is when we were having, I think we were having lunch and you said, I, I got to go. I need to put, a, I need to put a prosthetic forehead on my wife. It's like, absolutely. Let's and we're that. like, Dragon Con. You know, yeah. it's, 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 that's just a normal statement, you know? So the reason why we're talking about Dragon Con so much, and I mean, I know we're getting close to the end of the show, but the reason why we're talking about Dragon Con so much is that we're starting one of the things, and the reason I, I'm bringing it up on this show is that we, I know we have a lot of InkShares listeners, a lot of author listeners, is that we are, we are looking at maybe having a bit more of a con presence, and Dragon Con is probably going to feature prominently in there. Dragon Con is the oh, one yeah. for all of the Ink Shares authors, considering how they're coming into this, this industry. It's going to be your bread and butter if you can get to it. Mm-hmm. It's we've we've seen other authors. I think Daw Books and uh, Bean had booths there, and it's Dragon Con has a reputation of being like the people's con mm-hmm. and being very pro creativity, very pro indie creators, and I think like I, I think our particular model of 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 
publication would fit very well in there. They had a panel on the, over at the writer's track that was tailor-made for us to go talk on. But the, the director of the writing track never responded to my email in time. So we'll work on that for next year. We Yeah, we absolutely have to. I mean, obviously, I don't think we can all be on that panel, but it would be like we need to have a presence on that panel. Well, listen, like I'm thinking that next year we have a, a podcast panel, like a super cast, and we just bring on everyone who comes to the con and we just do... Do it big, you right? You want to put seventy-seven thousand like, people on that on that podcast? That's you. Uh, I obviously I meant every Inkshare author that comes to the to the con. We have a supercast, but if you want to do seventy-seven thousand, the logistics will be tough. But we'll give it a shot. I, and you know they only give you the room me. for what an hour. It still stuns me that they man, that they managed to cram seven seven thousand more people in there than last year. And that was it was it was busy. You know, and it's such a different kind of convention than like San Diego Comic Con. It's it's it feels so different, but I mean, it's it's along the same lines. But it's nonstop. I, I don't know how to that's, describe. That's the thing it. About it, it is nonstop. When 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 like the, the check ops people and the Dragon Gun volunteers, we show up Tuesday and start loading those hotels. Thursday night programming, like some of the programming starts Friday morning, eight a.m. Official start of con. It doesn't end until four four p.m. on Monday. Wow, that's crazy. So that's I was thinking gorgeous. that we we would uh, do the podcast right, and we might actually be on episode like thirty two or thirty three by then. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're being generous. I thought that'd be episode thirty one. Yeah. <laughs> if if yeah, we oh, work man, hard, nice. if we work hard. Oh, Brian, don't sell us short. We have a special guest coming at some point in the near future. Like we're we're working. We're I'm hoping to get Jameson on to talk about Rune when that launches. And that'll in November. be November. Like, so I mean, we're definitely gonna have thirty one. <laughs> No, definitely. So it's, no, I mean, Right Brain has had scheduling issues, let's be honest, but now that we have so many more people who are hitting their publication date, I I really want to get more more of these interviews, very casual interviews and talk about people and obviously we're not very good at these interviews. We don't have a very good format, but we're going to get better and I want us to talk more about process and how people come up with their, these their ideas. I mean, we wanted to talk to you about Dragon Con, but I'm hoping that, that when we have you back for Afterman, we can talk a bit more about more Didi, uh, how the sausage is made, how you come up with your book ideas, like are you more are you more of a pantser, are you more of a plotter, like get into the uh, the, the craft of how Brian Guthrie um, writes a book. Well, if that if we do that if we do it for after man then we're going to have to involve my wife because she's well, also a co-author she actually almost no, made absolutely. an appearance she opened the door and i looked over and oh she, i saw the door open <laughs> yeah she saw, you saw me going it's like don't don't come in here unless you want to talk i, I saw you seem to you seem to be communicating with semaphores and that was fascinating for a moment but i didn't know if it was your wife or someone else uh, it, there's three other there's two other uh people that live with us so it could have been anybody <laughs> sounds complicated <laughs> so um we're, we're just about on the hour so we need to start wrapping up so brian what what did i mean i have my own opinion of where the best place to pre-order books are i like to direct people to amazon because they can leave reviews and those are verified reviews which seem to have more weight for the seo and all that boring stuff but um since <laughs> since you seem to having to be having issues with Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble, where where do you want to direct people to go order Rise? Your local bookstore, which is amazing. Which that I can't is, I can't t- I can't tell any of the people I I know here because all of the Americans that live here they only have access to the PX bookstore and you don't have any say on what goes in there. You can't even request books, and all the Germans wow. 
they their their first question is is it in German? Like no, not yet, <laughs> but we, we're working on it. I'm sure. So I just so the people who are listening who are most most likely back in the states, I say go to your local bookstore and just at request that they order it. I I keep seeing little onesie twosie. These little bookstores, local bookstores, small bookstores that are just there ordering, you know, one, five, ten copies. And that's how that happens. That's very cool. You can also get it uh, on Amazon, but it's just Amazon is defunct right now. So that doesn't help. So, yeah, and no, you can still pick it up at um, Inkshares. Inkshares. Yeah, you can definitely order it off of Inkshares. I actually just had yeah, someone I do just, that yesterday. I just I just find it usually is better to order from outside of Inkshares because I mean Inkshares gets the order anyways and it's better for the visibility to book whether it's Amazon or a, right, a mom and pop shop yeah no you're you're, you're absolutely right but if you if someone does go on Inkshare and searches for Brian Guthrie he will they will also find Afterman which is your other book do you want to like give a quick synopsis of that yeah um, so a virus wipes out all the men on the planet. And the women have to figure out a way to go on. But 500 years later, it's not quite as perfect as they thought it was going to be. And it's for reasons they weren't expecting. And then they have to figure out what's going to happen and how they're going to con- how they're going to preserve the human race or potentially lose it. So it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic uh, hard sci-fi book. Hard sci-fi, yeah, definitely. It's got it, it's uh, people like to compare it to Gattaca and um, what's the book? I'm currently reading it. I have to look at um I have Goodreads open. Ursula Oh Ursula Le Guin? Yeah. The Left Hand of Darkness. Mm-hmm. So deal it because it's it's an it's a book entirely made of female characters. So that's all there's a challenge for me right there. Um and it's dealing with genetics and artificial insemination and societal breakdown and continuation after a big traumatic event i seem to like to deal with that so it's 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 the book that every time i bring it up with people causes so it's the, the questions i get are fascinating I and mean, even at dragon Con, we were sitting there at that that greek restaurant struggling to hear each or the turkish restaurant struggling to hear each other talk over that loud music um <laughs> no, that restaurant was cool by the way it was cool <laughs> uh, but uh paul was sitting there uh, quizzing me on the virus that was the thing that got his attention. Another person I've, I shared it to when I was in England, her, her whole thing was the, uh, the the ethics of it. Like, how would you ethically do something like this, like to, to preserve the human race? It's like, that's an interesting look, way to look at it. Everyone looks at it differently. Yeah, there, there's nothing quite as satisfying as having a good discussion about the uh, the deeper theme of a, of a book that you're either passionate about or that you've written yourself. Uh, and the big question that one is exploring is the basic question. If you take the most basic form of diversity, male, female, and you remove it, what does humanity look like without that? That. And we're, so the idea is to explore how much we actually need each other and how be- how much better we are because of our diversity. Yeah, I think it's a great concept, and that's why I, I ordered that one before Rise. <laughs> There, that's there not really go. why just, that's not really why just i don't know why oh i fire. do know why because you um after man was in the contest at that yeah, point it was in the so it was giving you some support for the contest that's yep. why i ordered it first yep. i know i saved all those episodes where you guys were talking about 
<laughs> yes, I'm sure you did. Because <laughs> if you're going to talk about All what's right. on Ink Shares also, I can't, I can't let you do that without saying, hey, guys, the sequel to Rise is up there now, too. Oh, that is oh, true. Yeah, fall. I, keep, That's right. I keep forgetting that. Yep, it's there, and it's completely written. It just needs an so, edit. So I, I guess the, the, the long and short of it is go to inkshares.com, search for Brian Guthrie, look into his, his growing catalog of properties, and order everything. <laughs> yes. Order everything. How about you, Paul? Do you have anything to plug before we, uh, we shut this thing down? Well, obviously, Ageless, go out, buy it, read it, review it. I've read it. It's good. Do those things. It's, it's... Uh, Brian has read it. He also um, reviewed it. And he also didn't, j- didn't just go, I think this is an awesome book. He gave Three me stars. some constructive criticism, too. Yeah. Well, the... He's like, I loved it. Two stars. <laughs> no, he gave me some great constructive criticism, and that's exactly what I want because um, an I hate it or an I loved it, that's cool that you want to put your opinion, but if you give me something to work with to, to, to refine and maybe I can get better and make the next one better, which is where I was going with this. Oh, yeah. Timeless is a working title. It is an idea on Inkshares. You could follow it. I'm considering making it a draft soon. I have enough written so far that I could throw some some of it up there for you. And uh, that's actually what I'm working on right... Well, not right now. I'm working on Right Brain right now. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, I, that's the project that I have going right now. I want to get the draft done by the end of the year. Um, you can so do maybe, it. You know, we'll see what happens. Oh, I know it. I can do it. 100 words a day. I know you I have can to. do it. You have to do it. I have to, I have to do it. JF said I have to do it. And if I may pimp your book a little... Oh, sure. Yeah, I, would, I do not care. If you're going to if you're going to sit down and read Ageless, I highly recommend you do it. Like if you got a 3-day weekend coming up, sit down, read it. It is I've read it twice. The first time I was forced to take it slowly. Second time I read it really really quick through. It was so much better being able to read it all quick together. Yeah, that's that's kind of the downfall about nonlinear because if you slow down, you might forget, then you got to go back and look for everything. But, you know, these are not problems that I'm not aware of, you know. Now, I already told you what, I, I, what, what was my favorite part of the book. I could not get enough of oh, that yeah. storyline. Oh, yeah. And you'll be happy to know. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to get more of that. Yeah, you're getting more of that. Uh, I'm, more. I'm happy. I'm quite happy. Hurry up and write it. I hope. I hope. Oh, I mean, hey, sorry. I'll go as fast as I can. I got to go then. Sorry, guys. <laughs> bye. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs> All I right, can't even bye. say next week. I can't even say next week, Jay. No, it's going to be next week. We, we, we okay. need to record. Like we're we're <laughs> Paul. We're back in the saddle. We're, we're doing back, it. We're, buddy. We're, you and I are going to be recording much more. Like I need to. I need to solidify my schedule. But you and I are going to be recording more. So, is there um, anything else we need to add before we uh before we close? JF, down? you need to plug your stuff. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, I kind of do need to do that. Um, actually, the best thing that you guys can do for me is go to uh, follow. You can follow me on Twitter at JF That's JF is where I talk about things. Or you can go to my website jfdubo.com. If you go to jfdubo.com/books, you'll see what I the, my two current biggest projects, which are Life Engineered, my silly book about robots, and well, it's not silly, like it's serious, but whatever. And uh, the say. upcoming A God in the Shed, which is a horror book that I'm currently doing rewrites on and is going from dark to really dark <laughs> so I, Gee, I wonder hope... I wonder why where that influence is coming from uh, yeah it's 
actually we can you you know damn well where that comes from um but it's it's it, i'm having a good time i'm there's a, a couple of new sections that i'm having better t- better read because i'm i want to be sure that they don't stand out as bizarre from the rest of the book um it's 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 a blast to work on it i'm having i'm, I'm really eager to see where uh where that ends up i am too considering also, one, all the all the hype we've been hearing about it lately yeah <laughs> i'm terrified <laughs> i i almost like i'm glad for the hype because hype usually means sales but at the same time hype means expectations and i'm i it would still be people are gonna be disappointed and i i, I hate disappointing people so that's gonna be a weird ride it is gonna be a weird weird ride so but i'm going on this ride with you at least as far as right brain is concerned absolutely i'm i'm excited and you know when you start publicly talking about things, it's going to be awesome. There are some things that we've talked about, but um, I mean, just when we get a chance to talk about, kind of like how we we did when we were our books were first um, in the in the production phase, mm-hmm. we talked yeah. all about it. Once we can start talking about that more, it'll be really exciting. I think. Um, one last thing, gentlemen, because this is the first time this particular podcast, I think, that we've had this opportunity. We have currently three of the authors from Too Many Controllers. Oh, we my should goodness. plug that more. How yeah, we, we should pl- plug no, that. Hold on. Before you do that, you need to tell them about that gentleman at the restaurant. That was so odd. Oh, right. That really was the best thing about going to Dragon Con, I think. Um, th- this guy, we were finishing up at the Turkish restaurant, restaurant, which uh, was an awesome place, and they had belly dancing, just for anybody who cares. Um, it's Treya. And, Treya of Atlanta. And, and you know what? Um, Michelle may, Brian's wife, Michelle may or may not have joined in. Oh, she did. I'm just going to leave it at oh, that. Oh, yeah, she did. She oh, not okay. ashamed of it. She jumped up at like, oh, good. think about it. She jumped she up did dressed jump as a right Klingon and, and danced with that girl. <laughs> Klingon belly dancing. In fact, I tweeted right out while that was going. And I was like, I am seeing the second Klingon belly dance today. And I was like, things are weird here or something like this that. Is, <laughs> you know, this is Dragon It was awesome. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's that's what it was, something like that. So anyway, um, we were getting up to leave, and we were all just kind of talking, and this this guy came over and uh, started talking to us. I'm not really sure why he came over. Didn't somebody pull out the socks? I don't know what he heard. Didn't somebody pull out the socks to show uh, Michelle? Maybe, maybe. I believe maybe. so. Yeah, anyway, so he comes over, and he starts talking to us for a minute, and we tell him that we're on Ink Shares, and he goes, oh, like that book, Too Many Controllers. And we were all like... That's us. What? We're in there. Yeah, we were like, whoa, somebody, somebody in real life? IRL not, is walking not, not over just here one and, of us. and being like, yeah. Four of us. Yeah, four I, of us. I, I, know. I still think that this is a guy that Brian hired or like a friend <laughs> that he has a favor. It's like, just come come over and like pretend that you know what we're talking about. And struck our ego a little struck, bit. Struck, those guys like, those guys are really hard on themselves and they need a, <laughs> they need a pick me I would, up. I would love to, but, to, to claim that kind of clairvoyance that we would be there at that time and you guys would have those socks and everything and that all that had been rearranged, but I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, but seriously, oh, the though, socks, by the way, real quick, look like the current cover. Those, so those socks are great. We need to all get some of those socks. But <laughs> I'll, I'll send you guys all the, the website if you want to order some. Here's the, here's the thing that I remember about that. You guys are sitting there saying this is your favorite part of con. Think about what that guy was going through. Something that he liked, that he had enough to remember. He comes up and starts mm-hmm. talking to people about it. And it turns out these are the authors of that thing. That was like a con moment for somebody when you realize you're talking to the person who created this thing you like 
I try not to think too much about these things because that terrifies me. (laughs) That was surreal, though. I mean, it was just crazy. And now I must do a rewrite for 1989 because it's got to be better, guys. (laughs) Because that one dude is pushing me and I need it. (laughs) Hey, you, you have met a true fan. In real life. I know, life. that's crazy. And not just, of your, uh, not just of your work, of too many controllers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we're, at some point, we're going to have to have the discussion, and maybe we can, have, uh, we can have Brian back for something like this, because he's dealt with the public, and maybe, maybe a, would, I think it would be a good discussion to have the three of us, and maybe Jameson too, the, um, the weird psychological impact of having people declare themselves your fans <laughs> is, is something that is difficult to process for some, yeah. such as me. Yeah, it's difficult. I, I had mean, the experience. For, I would this think week. for anybody. I had the experience. Really, this, what, I had the experience happened? this week of because you had to remember, I still haven't received my copy of Rise yet, so I don't have a physical copy here to show you. But as I was getting on the plane, as I was getting ready to to take off, I was just about to put my phone in airplane mode. Somebody posted a picture that they'd gotten it, and when I landed, more people posted pictures, and then on. Tuesday, the day it released, one of my coworkers got their copy in the mail and I was holding it and I was having a moment, but he was so excited. He was running around tapping everybody around him going, dude, look, 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 the author, the book, the author, the book right there in front of me. I was like, calm down, man, calm down. That's weird, right? Yeah, it's weird. All right. So enough planning for the future. I want to thank our listeners for, uh, for bearing with us and still being here. Um, we hope you're still here, at least. <laughs> we, I, I know we do this every episode where we try to commit to doing more, but the the way I've found to force us to commit to doing more episodes is having more guests, and that's what we have to look forward to. Jameson, did you hear so, that? Um, Jameson, talking to you. Yeah, j- definitely <laughs> Jameson when when his book comes around, and uh, his book comes out on November 1st, so that should be soon, and probably others. I, I want to have more of these discussions. I think we've exhausted a bit the... F- previous format that we had and having more open discussions about like the, the art of writing is with guests is more interesting to me looking forward. So on behalf of myself, on behalf of Brian, thank you very much, Brian, for joining us on behalf of my beautiful co-host, bearded co-host, Paul Inman. Beautiful and bearded baby. Hashtag beautiful and bearded. See you guys (laughs) next episode. Hopefully next week.